Hello, all of you wayward spirits. My name is Liz Ashley, and I am so obsessed with Supernatural. I decided to do some research Winchester style on anything and everything mentioned in the show. And though the show has sadly ended, this podcast is going to keep the family together. So, what do you say? Do you want to join me on the hunt? This content has a lot of reference to death and disturbing situations, so listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Wayward Spirit Pod, where we are researching tulpas. And let me just tell you, this is going to be a really interesting episode. I had a lot of twists and turns while watching these, the actual Supernatural episodes, um, yeah, <laughs> so you'll see. All right, well, today, the episodes we are specifically going to talk about are Hell House, which is in season one and is episode 17, written by Trey Calloway and directed by Chris Long. And the second episode that we are going to talk about is Thin Man in season nine and it's episode 15. And it was written by Jenny Klein and directed by Janet Swazark. All right, so we are going to start out with Hell House in season one, episode seventeen. And let me <laughs> let me just be super and like completely honest with you right now. I totally forgot about this episode when I was writing this outline. I was researching and I was like, okay, you know, supernatural episodes with Tulpas. And this came up and I was like, I, you know, I don't remember that episode. I don't remember it. <laughs> I mean, of course, as I watched it, I remembered it. I mean, I've seen Supernatural a few times all the way through, like excluding season 15. But like I've rewatched it a few times all the way through. So I was like, how did I forget this? Oh my gosh, it's a great episode. It's a great episode. But anyway. We are going to get into it. <laughs> so this episode starts out in Texas and we see a group of kids going into an abandoned and creepy house and they all go into the house and as they're walking in, you can see the Tulpa sigil like spray painted on the wall. And while the kids are talking, they're like walking around talking about like legends and stories of the guy who was supposedly lived in that house. And they said that he kills girls and, trigger warning, strings them up. And then suddenly they turn around and, again, trigger warning, they see this girl hanging from the ceiling. And then we see baby Sam and Dean. I always love watching episodes in season one because, of course, the aesthetic and just because they're so cute with their baby faces. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. And this episode is supposed to be set in Texas. And you know, they're Texan boys. So, I don't know. This episode is just great. I can't believe I forgot it. But anyway. <laughs> so, when we see them. So, first when we see them in the car. This is the episode where Sam is asleep in the passenger side. And Dean puts a spoon in his mouth and takes the picture with his flip phone. <laughs> like, holy 2005. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Flip phones. Ha! 
But anyway, yeah, so, and he took the picture with the spoon in his mouth, and he was, like, pranking him, and I miss their pranks. This is so funny, and, like, this is the pranking episode. This is the epic pranking episode. Oh, my gosh, I can't, literally, while I was watching it, I was like, I can't believe I forgot. Like, I knew there was a pranking episode, but I forgot that it was this one. And I was like, I can't believe I forgot this. Like, this is such an epic episode. Oh, oh my gosh. But anyway, Sam starts to tell Dean that he thinks that this, that there is a spirit haunting this house that these kids went into. And that the legend apparently says that he takes girls and strings them up in the raptors in the house. And the crazy thing was that after those kids found that body, they called the police but by the time the police got there, the body was gone. So the police just thought it was a prank. They all go talk to the kids and they all seem like super scared. So like you think it's real because they were all super scared. But their details are all different. So like they can't remember the color of her hair. Like they all have different accounts of the color of her hair. And like it was just really weird. But they're all like, no, she was like 100% real. And so the story, so one of the kids, like kind of the guy who, you know, took them there and wanted to go, he said that supposedly back in the 30s, this farmer lived in this house with his six daughters. And during the depression, he went off the deep end because he didn't have enough money to feed them. So instead of seeing his daughters starving and die of starvation, he, trigger warning, hung them. He hung them in the rafters of the house and then hung himself and they said that his spirit lives on in that hell house and any girl who goes in there alone gets hung in the raptors so <laughs> sam and dean of course go to the hell house to check it out and again we see the tulpa sigil they like kind of you know close in on it which is total foreshadowing but dean is focused on a different sigil and it's like this hook sort of and he just can't get it out of his head he just can't get it out of his head and at first they think it's a prank too they're like well i guess this is just a prank because you know back in the 1930s i don't think they were tagging the house so <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so they're like about to leave but then they hear these noises and they run into the Okay, okay. So when I said this episode was going to have a little bit of twist and turns, so I also forgot that this episode had the ghost facers in it. Like, real talk, I forgot this episode had the ghost facers in it. This is the first time we meet the ghost facers, and it's the first time we talk about a tulpa. And <laughs> I totally forgot. Now, the next episode we're going to talk about has the ghost facers, and I knew that going into this. But when I watched this episode for this outline, I was just like, oh my gosh, I forgot they were in this. This is crazy. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. But anyway, <laughs> I love the ghost facers. They're so funny. They're amazing. I love them. <laughs> but when they first run into Sam and Dean, they call Sam and Dean amateurs and... <laughs> They're like, you guys are just coming in here, you know, trying to do all this ghost hunting. He's like, well, we're professionals. And he tries to tell them about EMF and like Sam acts all dumb and is like, oh, EMF. 
<laughs> it's so funny. And Dean's like, all right, well, we're going to go and let you get back to work. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's hilarious. <laughs> but they actually went to go do research. So Sam went to the library to see who actually lived in that house in the 30s. And it was it was the same man with a similar name. But he only had two children, and they were both boys. So that legend about the six daughters was not real. And Dean ended up going to the police station to see if there was any girl like that had gone missing with that description. And they said that there was no one that had gone missing. So they really, they had nothing to go on. So <laughs> they get back in the car and Sam changed Dean's station in the car and <laughs> turned it like all the way up it was like incredibly loud and sam was just outside of the car laughing looking so freaking cute and oh my gosh i still can't believe i didn't realize that was this episode like oh oh my gosh but it's like i'm rediscovering it all over again and it's just a great feeling i'm just like oh my gosh this episode like it has so many good gems how could i it's just there's so much in one episode and then of course later that night Another group of kids goes down to the freaking hell house and I'm like, come on, you know, but of course, you know, I want to go ghost hunting like I want to have a ghost hunting show. So I am not one to talk at all, but <laughs> but they're playing truth or dare. And of course, this one girl got dared to go into the house alone. So she goes into the house alone. And of course, trigger warning the the tulpa well they don't know it's a tulpa at, at the time they think it's like a spirit but you know the the guy comes out and of course he hangs her in the rafters and when the cops come like earlier in the morning they think that it's suicide but you know dean and sam they know that of course it's not so <laughs> Sam and Dean are like waiting for the cops to leave because they're not leaving because they don't want any more kids to try to like come into the house and so <laughs> they see the ghost facers trying to like sneak in too and Dean like they're like hiding behind in the bushes so Dean stands up and is like who are you gonna call <laughs> oh my gosh I died this is so funny I was like oh my gosh this is hilarious who are you gonna call ghost facers i love the ghost facers anyway so of course this gets the cops attention and they start you know like running after the ghost facers as sam and dean sneak into the house and as they're looking around they suddenly hear a noise but it turned out to be a rat and this is like such a funny line so <laughs> sam <laughs> dean's like i hate rats and sam's like what would you rather have been a ghost and he was like yes <laughs> yes of course i would rather have been a ghost and then they turn around and it's the ghost and they try shooting it with rock salt but nothing happened and they were like super confused one because it's not a ghost but anyway they were super confused and <laughs> decided to run instead so they like booked it out of the house and Dean is like, when they get back to the motel, Dean is like still stumped by that hook symbol. And they're both frustrated because the lore isn't matching up. So when they saw him, he had like an axe. 
And they were like, that wasn't in the original legend. He didn't kill anyone with an axe in the original legend. He hung them. So they're like, what, what is happening? Like ghosts don't just switch up, switch up their MOs. But Sam realizes that every time someone writes a blog post, like a new blog post about this spirit or farmer guy, that the MO changes every single time. So someone had just written a blog post about him using an axe. So when Sam and Dean went and saw him, he was using an axe. And so they were like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> and that's when Dean figures out what the symbol is for. And they go back to Craig, the, the like leader, you know, the kid that wanted to go to the Hell House in the first place. And Dean's like, I know what that symbol is. That is a logo for the Blue Oyster Cult. And I'm assuming, I think it's a band because they're in a record shop. So I think it's a band. But, <laughs> but Craig confessed. He was like, you know, I made it all up. My cousin came back from college and we were bored. So we decided to go spray paint sigils from her theology textbook all over this hell house, make up a story, and act like this place is haunted. Because, you know, people just do that in their spare time. Like, what? I, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so Craig was like, you know, after they made up the ghost story, before they knew it, the whole thing took on a life of its own. And it ended up killing a girl. And Sam and Dean at this point still don't know what it is. Like, they have no idea what they're dealing with at this point. And this is when Dean, oh my gosh, he does another prank. He puts, like, I think it's, like, the hard kind of detergent, you know? I'm not really sure what it is. But he puts it in Sam's, like, jean pocket pants. And... Oh my goodness, it's so funny. And this is when like Sam's in the shower and Sam is trying to tell him, he's like, actually, I think it's a tulpa. So he's like talking, he's talking through the shower and he told him, he's like, it's a tulpa. It's a Tibetan thought form. So he's basically saying the meaning of tulpa is a Tibetan thought form. And now, <laughs> so this is the part when Sam walks out of the shower and he looks mighty fine, I might add. Just thought I'd put that in there has nothing to do with really anything but you know I thought I had to put that in there <laughs> also another little side note the music they use oh my gosh I love the music they use and I found it on Spotify you know it's that music it's like dun it dun it I don't know I can't do it but it's on Spotify I found it on Spotify <laughs> Alright, anyways, this is a really funny scene where they go get something to eat and Sam realizes that Dean like put something in his pants and he's like so uncomfortable through the whole scene and it's really, really funny. I really love their pranks. Like this is so cute. Like it's so intense in the later seasons and I'm like, this is so cute. I mean, I guess it's not always intense, but I don't know. This is just so cute. <laughs> but... While they're, you know, while Sam was uncomfortable and they were eating food, Sam was saying that in 1915, 20 Tibetan monks manifested a golem after meditating on it so hard, and it just ended up manifesting out of thin air. And so Sam is saying that so many people believe it to be true, so it is. 
And Dean's like, well, why hasn't Santa Claus manifested yet? Which is, I mean, a valid question, I think. I think that's a valid question. And, <laughs> and Sam's like, well, they put a Tibetan tulpa sigil on the walls. So one of the sigils, like we saw, and like I said earlier, was the Tulpa Tibet like well the Tibetan Tulpa sigil and because they put that on there it created a Tulpa and it magnified the concentration of the thoughts and it created a Tulpa and Tulpas can take on a life of their own. So they decide to go see the ghost facers and tell them to stop posting about you know this this ghost man person and they're like, you know what, we have, we have a secret, like, we know something about him, but we'll only tell you if you take it all down, if you just take it all down. They're like, you know, this is killing people, people are dying, you need to take this down. And they're like, you know, at first, the ghost faces are like, no, we're not going to do that, why would we do that? And then Sam's like really milking it, right? He's like, well, you know, we have a secret and we'll tell you, but you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so they finally are like, okay, fine, we'll take it down. And they tell them, they tell the ghost faces, they're like, hey, so, you know, we found the real lore, we found the real legend, and he, you know, trigger warning, actually shot himself. And so now, to this day, even though he's a ghost, he's still deathly afraid of guns and iron. So, you know, you can shoot him and iron will kill him. And they're like, oh, okay, cool, thank you, thank you. And they get all excited, and then they run back. And, you know, Sam and Dean did all of this because they knew that if they told them this, they would go write about it in their blog, and hopefully it would become true so they could go actually kill the Tulpa by shooting it. And now they're at another diner, and this is when, like, <laughs> when Dean is pulling the string on, like, that weird puppet thing, and Sam is, like, so annoyed. Oh, my gosh. This episode has so many gems, and I just, I, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't realize it. This is so funny. But <laughs> though Sam's annoyed, he ends up gluing, <laughs> gluing Dean's beer bottle to his hand. Super glue. But Sam and Dean go back to the Hell House, and this time to distract the cops, they actually stole that puppet thing on the wall and tied it to a tree. <laughs> it made it, like, and pulled the string. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> and then, you know, they sneak into the house, and of course, they run into the ghost facers again. And the Tulpa comes out and starts running towards all of them, and Sam and Dean shoot him, but he still is, like, reappearing. And they're like, wait a second, what is happening? Like, he's supposed to die. And that's when the ghost facers tell them that their servers actually crashed after posting about it. So it didn't take. And they're like, oh, no. So the ghost facers run out screaming, which is really, really funny. And... <laughs> While the Tulpa is following them, but Sam is like, okay, you know, come get me, like, come get me. And so he lets, you know, the ghost facers run out and Sam starts fighting the Tulpa. And then Dean comes in <laughs> and torches him. <laughs> and Dean's like, if he can't leave the house and we can't kill him, 
we improvise and he proceeds to light the whole entire house on fire <laughs> which is really funny <laughs> and then Sam says the line that literally really can make you have an existential crisis like when he says this line I'm like oh my gosh did he really just say that like what oh my gosh okay so this is what he says he says kind of makes you wonder of all the things we hunted, how many existed just because people believed in them? Oh my gosh. That is such a heavy question. And like, I feel like that can apply to real life too. Like how many things like exist just because we think that they do. <laughs> then Sam and Dean go talk to the Ghostfacers again and they say they got a call from a Hollywood producer after posting the Tulpa video. And Sam and Dean are just like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> They're like, yeah, have a nice life, have a nice time. And then as they walk away, Sam says that he was the one that called them pretending to be a producer. And Dean was like, yeah, well, I put a fish in their backseat. <laughs> like one, that's really funny. Two, for some reason, when he said that, all I could think about all I could think about was Dean having to like go get this fish like I don't, did he go fishing did he go to the supermarket what kind of fish like what did he do to go get this fish but Dean did all of this to get to get a fish to put in their back seat I don't know why that tickled me so much but for some reason it did so yeah <laughs> but anyway that's it. That's the end of the episode. I love this episode and I, I, I'm like sad that I forgot that it had all these gems in it. Like I can't believe I forgot that. But then like I'm also glad because I got to like re-experience it again kind of. I was like surprised. I was like oh my gosh it's the ghost facers. So that was nice. It was nice to be you know surprised. <laughs> but anyway, great episode. I love this episode. It is wonderful. If you haven't watched it in a while, go watch it. It is, it's wonderful. It's very funny. All right. So now we are going to talk about the episode Thin Man in season nine, episode 15. So this episode is one of my favorites because I love the Ghost Facers. Any episode with the Ghost Facers is one of my favorites. But... Like I said, this episode is going to take twists and turns, and this is another twist and turn. I forgot that this episode is actually not, it's not a tulpa. For a little while, they think it might be or could be, but in the end, it's not. And I forgot, so that was funny. I forgot again. But anyway, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it briefly, because they... It does have characteristics of a tulpa. So we're going to talk about this episode briefly. But <laughs> I just thought I should mention that and that it was really funny. But I also do love that this is the last time we see the Ghost Facers. And the episode we just talked about, Hell House, was the first time we saw the Ghost Facers. So I am happy that we're talking about that because I just think that was a happy little accident, you know. I'm like, Bob... Was it Bob Ross? That's his name, right? Happy little accidents. I don't know. <laughs>
<laughs> but we start out this episode seeing a young girl taking selfies and as she's taking selfies she looks up you know she looks him over and as she looks she sees this like Voldemort looking dude in the background and of course is like freaked out and she hides in the closet but he's behind her and the next thing you know you hear her scream in the closet and he had like a knife to her throat. So, of course, you know, he killed her. <laughs> so, Sam and Dean go to check it out. And, of course, they're having a spat right now. So, this episode was not as fun as the first one. <laughs> not at all. But after seeing the pictures, they think it was a ghost caught on film. And, side note, they use the same music like they did in the first season. They're like, Durner. Durner. I don't know. I can't do it. But, yeah, they use the same music. And I just love that in season nine, they're using the same music. I just love it. It's great. But <laughs> they go to the girl's house and they take a look around. And, you know, they ask all the normal supernatural questions, like, were the lights flickering, you know, da-da-da-da. And then the mom was like, yeah, no cold spots either. And they were like, they were kind of taken aback. They were like, wait, what? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And she was like, I know this sounds weird, but, you know, the police couldn't find anything. So when some supernaturalist called, I, I believe that. And Dean's like, oh, God, who is it? And it's the ghost phasers. <laughs> I love it. Dean is not happy. He's not happy at all. But I am. <laughs> and they meet, so they meet the ghost phasers at this diner. And Harry is, like, freaking out over his ex-girlfriend, when Sam and Dean walk in and, like, sit down at their table. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite parts. This line is so freaking funny. They're like, the Winchesters, yay, said nobody ever. <laughs> I think it's funny because I say, oh, the Winchesters, yay, all the time. So, <laughs> pretty consistently, actually. <laughs> So I just think that line's really funny. But <laughs> I guess in Supernatural, it depends on what situation you're in, if you're going to say yay or not. Yeah, anyway. But, <laughs> you know, Sam and Dean tell them to leave. And, you know, they're like, no, we can handle the situation. Like, we're the ghost facers. We got this. And Dean's like, no, a ghost could end you in like five minutes. You need to leave. And they're like, ha, ha, you think it's a ghost. That's funny. And they never tell them what they think it is. But Sam looked online and actually found out that the ghost facers wrote a book about Thin Man. And that the, you know, the monster on this book kind of looked like the ghost in all those selfies. And he found out that the Thin Man legend started online and thousands of people were writing about it and it's like the new bigfoot and <laughs> dean really thinks it's a ghost and sam's like look it can't be like you know it's everywhere the lore keeps changing like it's not it's not a ghost you know ghosts stick to their routine it's not a ghost so now we see the ghost facers in the victim's room and he is obviously preoccupied by like Facebook stalking or Instagram stalking his ex-girlfriend and that's when Ed's like, look, maybe we should leave. Like maybe we should leave. Like this seems serious. People are dying. Maybe we should leave. 
And Harry's like, no, no, we can't let them have all the glory. Like, we need to go. So, <laughs> so they stay and they don't leave and they keep, you know, trying to hunt Thin Man. And Sam is still trying to convince Dean that it's not a ghost. But now he doesn't think it's Thin Man anymore because most of the photos online are actually photoshopped except for the girl who just died, her selfie. And then Dean says, how can something be real and fake at the same time? And I'm sitting here still thinking it's a tulpa, like, uh, duh, you just answered your own question. And of course, I was wrong. They strung me along. I feel like this whole episode, they're like, oh, it's a tulpa, it's a tulpa, it's a tulpa. And then at the end, they're like, oh, no, it's a human. And you're, you know, it's the shock factor. But they're still confused. And they find that that selfie was actually on a thin man's site. And Dean's like, wait a second, how did she post that if she was dead? Well, she couldn't have posted it. And <laughs> so they go down to the cop office and get her phone. And that's when the cop mentions that some supernaturalists came by asking questions. <laughs> And Dean is like so mad. He's like, oh my God, these, he's like, oh, these ghost facers. Oh my God. And, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And the next day, another person dies from supposedly Thin Man. So they go, so Sam and Dean go to the crime scene, right? And the ghost facers are there at the crime scene. And they're like, oh my gosh. And Dean's like, I told you to leave. And they're like, no, we need proof for all the believers out there. And, Dean's like, hmm, so there are a lot of believers and a lot of people are talking about it. And he's like, you know what? Get throw a Tibetan symbol in the mix and a tulpa comes out. Did you ever think of that? Oh my gosh, I was like freaking out. I was like, finally, Dean, thank you. Of course, again, I was wrong. Anyway, <laughs> and then and then Ed's like, well, it can't be the the thin man isn't anything it like changes from blog to blog like every time a blog post comes out it changes and you know me I'm sitting here watching this right and I'm writing the outline and I'm like I'm like dummy dummy did you know that that happened last time you were literally in that episode like I guess they weren't really privy to what Sam and Dean were doing but I was just like dude this happened the same thing literally happened in the last episode i'm like how do you guys not realize it's a topa and then i'm like of course it's not at the end <laughs> but dean's like do we either know like do either of you know what you're even doing do you even know what thin man is and <laughs> and they're like no we don't we just play supernaturalists on tv <laughs> Oh my god, like I've said before, there is no fourth or fifth wall in this show. I don't know which one it is. I don't know if it's the fourth wall, fifth wall, whatever you call it. But there is none in this show and it's really, really funny. <laughs> and it's funny because in the panel, like last weekend, someone asked Jensen, he was like, you know, people ask me, like, if I ever were to encounter a ghost, like, could I do it? And he was like, you know, I know enough. I think to be safe like I know some ideas he's like but I don't think I'd be like real confident <laughs> and I just thought that was funny 
But as the episode goes on, we figure out that Ed actually had been lying the whole time and made Thin Man up because Harry's ex-girlfriend, when she was his girlfriend, wanted him to become a hedge hunt, like a hedge fund manager. And Ed was really worried that he was going to leave Ghost Facers, so he made up Thin Man so they would have something to do. So, of course, at the very end, they still are thinking it's a tulpa because it changes every time a blog post happens. It needs to be online. All these people believe, like, da 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 The only thing it doesn't have is the Tibetan sigil. But all of these things are so similar to the tulpa. You know, Ed made it up. Ed made it up. It's a made-up thing. They made up the Lord, just like the first episode, like, Hell House. So... You can see how they're pointing you to a tulpa. The only thing that they don't have is the sigil, but everything else is the same. So they're pointing you to a tulpa, but it ended up being humans who were dressing up as thin man to kill people they didn't like, and it was crazy, and I was upset when I found it. I was When I found out when I watched the end of it, I was like, what? No! But yeah, that's this episode. It wasn't a tulpa, but it had very similar tulpa lore. And there's just one thing I have to say about the ending of this episode. I'm very upset that this is the last Ghost Facers episode that they're in because they leave each other and don't talk to each other. And I don't like that. The Ghost Facers, I love them. They deserve better. Okay. All right. Just my little two cents. All right, so the lore in this show is that Tulpa is also referred to as like a thought form. So Sam mentions in the first episode, Hell House, that a Tulpa, a Tibetan Tulpa, is a thought form. And it was practiced by monks as a part of learning. And the idea is, is that if you meditate like hard enough for something, you can manifest it. And enough and if enough people believe in the story and think about the story, then it, it can actually become fact. So a tulpa isn't actually a creature, but it's a form of chaos magic. And it's possible for the tulpa to become anything, you know, whatever people decide to manifest. And some other things that we noted in this, in these few episodes, is that the legend of the tulpa changes with every blog post or with every new thought of the legend. And it needs to have thousands or hundreds. Um, there are only like 20 monks, I think. But, you know, in real life, it needed to have thousands or hundreds of people focusing on this thing to make it become real and to make it become fact. But it also needed to have a Tibetan tulpa sigil in the mix, which is why the second episode was not a tulpa. And something we also learn in both episodes is that even though the second one was in a tulpa, that when you make something like that up, it kind of gets a life of its own. And and they even say that. That's even a line in the first episode. The kid's like, you know, we made it up and then it had a life of its own. So that, that was creepy. That was scary. <laughs> so tulpa, you know, you can manifest them and then they can just kind of do their own thing. All right, well, let's get into the real life lore of tulpas 
and there's just some crazy history around tulpas so let's let's get into it all right so a tulpa is a concept that is basically being able to manifest an object or being into being in, into manifestation with spiritual or mental powers and this was first adapted in the 20th century by tibetan monks so since the 1970s Western culture sometimes referred to tulpas as being like co-inhabiting or host consciousness, almost like an imaginary friend. But some consider a tulpa to be a little bit more than a hallucinatory or imaginary friend. Other, others believe that tulpas are self-aware entities sharing a brain with their host. And that, you know, once manifested, they're real or somewhat, they're like somewhat of a real person. So some people actually try to use like meditation or lucid dreaming techniques to create a tulpa, similar to the story Sam said in uh, Hell House. And it is believed that a tulpa can act independently in parallel to your own consciousness. So it can have their own free will, emotions, and memories like a regular living person. However, not everyone believes that. Some people believe that they're like similar to imaginary friends and that they're more in your consciousness and not really a real person per se. But some claim that the more energy and focus you put into creating a topa in your mind, the more independent and powerful it will actually become. All right, so tulpas can actually come in many different forms and they don't have to be human. They can be objects, they can be animals, they can really be anything. And they are believed to be able to communicate with you in many ways as, you know, actually saying things and physical touch. So a more simplified definition of a tulpa is that it begins in our imagination but acquires a tangible reality at some point. And tulpas can be created either through a deliberate act or unintentionally from thoughts of numerous people. And the first tulpa was described by Alexander David Neal in The Magic and Mystery in Tibet, and it is still regarded as the Tibetan concept. However, the idea of the tulpa is more indebted to the theopsby than to, Tibet, than to Tibetan Buddhism. And many cultures around the world actually believe that a person's thought have the power to change the way life turns out. And some do say that thinking about certain things will actually invite those in, like, in events to come into our world. And there are actually studies that suggest that there's some truth to this. Like optimisms, for example, are more likely to be successful than pessimists are. And I actually really believe this. Like I really believe that you can manifest things into your life. But I do think manifestation is a thing. And so that's why this topic interests me so much. And this concept has actually become so popular that you can find a lot of how-to guides on how to create a tulpa. I, look, now I am not telling you to go create a tulpa. Do not do that, please. I Look, I don't even, I don't even know what that would entail. Um, <laughs> but they are, and I saw some, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is wild. It's like a wiki how on how to create a tulpa. <laughs> a wiki how. 
Oh man, it's so funny. But you know, they're fairly serious. So, you know, let's not, you know, let's not go creating them. But they are thought forms that become being. And in the 11th century, creating a topo was considered to be an exercise in creating your own deity. So like creating your own God. And the idea was that students should be able to see that all deities are exercises of the human mind. So like that, like gods or deities come from our mind. So yeah. That's an interesting, that's an interesting outlook on tulpas. That's interesting. I didn't know that. But yeah, in the 11th century. Huh. But all right. So I told you guys on Instagram that I had some real life stories of people trying or making tulpas. And this one that I'm going to talk about, probably the most popular story. And it's, it's kind of interesting so um yeah let's get into it all right so the toronto society of i don't know how to say it it's not psychological but it's like psychic logical psychic logical you know because like psychic okay anyway so <laughs> that toronto society research society they created a ghost because or they wanted to create a ghost because they wanted to prove that our brains can do way more than we even realize. And this is this is why there are some paranormal, you know, people or, you know, people in the paranormal field that think poltergeists are actually, like, we manifest pol poltergeists. Because poltergeists tend to follow one person and stick to one person instead of, like, one house or object. And so some people think that poltergeists are actually our own manifestations and that it's not actually really any ghost or spirit. We just manifested this ghost. So some people think that that's what poltergeists are. And, you know, they wanted to prove that they could make their own ghost. So that's what they set out to do. So the Philip experiment was conducted in 1972 in Toronto, Canada, and it was conducted by Dr. George Owen and that Toronto Society. I don't know how to say it, so I'm not going to. It's the TSPR. There we go. So the experiment was to determine whether the, you know, these subjects could communicate with a ghost through human will that they created. And according to Dr. Owen, he believes that ghosts have an object reality, but they are created out of the minds that we see them. So he's basically saying that our minds have created ghosts. And so he wants to prove this point. So, <laughs> so the idea is that the experiment would take place and the participants would make up a fictionalized ghost and then try to contact this ghost during seances. And actually, there's a film that is kind of based on this, and it's called The Quiet Ones. I'm going to have to watch that. I've never heard of that before. But there were many different participants. There was an engineer, an accountant, a bookkeeper, a student, um, a chair's 
person of Mensa, designer, a wife. Yeah, just very, various, various people. And first, the group had to like agree on a backstory and like create this whole life for this random person. Like they literally had to create like a whole entire identity and like a whole entire backstory for this person. So they decided that the ghost name was going to be Philip and that he lived during the 1600s during the time of Oliver Cromwell. Anytime I hear the word Cromwell or the name Cromwell, I think of Halloween Town. I love Halloween Town. All right, the Cromwell witches. All right, anyway. <laughs> he So this Philip, he was an aristocrat and was married to a cold woman named Doretha. And they had a daughter. But one day, Philip met this gypsy and fell in love with her and her name was Margot. and he brought her back to secretly live in his like little gatehouse which I'm assuming is like a little you know backyard house or something I am like okay dude so you're gonna they're gonna make it I, I'm forgetting this is fictional but I'm like okay you're just you're gonna take a gypsy home okay anyway of course, Doretha found out that Margot was living there and accused her of, rich, of witchcraft. And <laughs> Philip didn't want to lose his status or possessions, so Philip did nothing. And tragically, Margot was sentenced to be burned at the stake. And burdened by guilt, Philip, trigger warning, committed suicide at the age of 30. So that is extremely specific for a fake story. I forgot it was a fake story while I was reading it. So that's crazy. <laughs> but so this group, they started meeting weekly um, during September 1972. And they would, you know, meditate on Philip and they would discuss Philip and they would try to like visualize him. And they did this every week for a year, for a year, and nothing happened. However, they weren't doing proper seances, so they were, like, doing it during the day. The rooms were fully lit, and it just wasn't like a traditional, a traditional seance. So, they decided to try something new, and they decided to conduct the seances at night, and actually doing them like real life seances. And it seemed to work. So Philip actually made himself known through like a rap on the table. Now, I don't know what they mean by rap. I think they mean a noise, like a rap noise. I'm not quite sure what a rap noise is. But... I listened to a podcast about it and, you know, I went on a lot of different websites to research this one thing and they all said rap and I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> Tell me what it means, but I, I think it's just like a sound. But they asked Philip to make this sound once for yes and twice for no and he did it. So he was able to do the different, the rap sound you know, when they asked him questions once for yes and twice for no. And eventually, he was even able to dim the lights on his own and create a cold breeze. And so they did this demonstration in front of 50 people. 
And Philip, you know, turned the lights on and off. They flickered. He had cold breezes, did the rap noises and everything. But they were never able to actually make Philip materialize. So after years of this, of course, they decided to, you know, shut it down because they felt like what they got was good enough. And though they were never, you know, they didn't want to chase Philip materializing forever because that could take a while. They didn't stop, though, because they were so... The TSPR didn't stop, like the sub they weren't the same subjects, but they didn't want to stop. So they attempted to do the experiment a few more times with a few more different spirits. And they actually managed to create contact with a French Canadian spy named Lilith. And instead of taking over a year to make contact, Lilith actually contacted like in like five weeks. So this group also created a man from the future named Axel and <laughs> they contacted him as well as a me <laughs> as well as a medieval alchemist named Sebastian. So they made up all of these people <laughs> and were able to actually contact them in like as ghosts. That's wild. <laughs> And a similar experiment was actually done in Australia and the group was known or the experiment was known as the Skippy experiment, which I just think is a really cute name. But they had six participants and the group created a ghost of a 14-year-old girl named Skippy. And according to the experiment, Skippy communicated with them, but it was basically just sounds. So still, they weren't able to get her to manifest. So, you know, uh, this is a kind of like, what do you think? What do you think happened in these experiments? Do you think they really created ghosts? I mean, it, they never got it to manifest, but they got it to communicate with them. So, like, is that the same thing? I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel. I don't know. It's an interesting it's an interesting thought. It is. It's a very interesting thought that, like, you could create a ghost. But, you know, maybe they did. That'd be cool if they did, I guess. Let's get into the similarities and the differences between the lore and Supernatural and in real life. So, I would say that the similarities are basically almost everything. I mean... It is, you know, a tulpa is a Tibetan thought form, like that's what it is. And it's basically thinking about something so much that it becomes real and you manifest it. And like I was saying in the Lord part, it was, you know, it was saying that you can either do this purposely and like manifest it and really meditate on it, or you could do it not not on purpose and it's by a group of people focusing on one thing very heavily which is what we see in hell house and what we think we see in thin man <laughs> something that is a little different though is that these tulpas that were created in real life their legends didn't change like they still made them up so that was a similarity like they made up they made up the legend they made up the lore but in real life, they didn't change. They just made up new tulpas. They didn't change the lore. Did They just made up new ones. So that's also a difference. Also, another difference is, is that these tulpas never really manifest. And of course, in Supernatural, everything has to kind of 
be in human form so we can see it on television but in real life they don't actually manifest you don't see an apparition you just see they they just heard things and had the lights flicker and stuff like that all right and then another difference is that they don't need like a tibetan tulpa sigil or anything to make the you know to make the tulpa though maybe if they would have used one maybe it could have manifested and actually had an apparition who knows but they didn't use one in their real life experiment so <laughs> that is a difference but yeah i mean the biggest similarity is that you know if enough people think about it it can be manifested and that it is a tibetan thought form and that you know monks in the 20th century kind of took it on and you know wanted to create a tulpa all right well thank you so much to all of my fellow wayward spirits joining me on this journey today i know it was a bit of a different or unique episode <laughs> it definitely was but thank you so much for listening and if you want to go on more hunts with me make sure to subscribe to wayward spirit pod wherever you listen to podcasts so next week you can join me while we hunt faith healers <laughs> i'm really excited for this topic i think there's going to be a lot of great real life lore so make sure you subscribe so you know when it comes out next week and if you are already wanting more wayward spirit pod there's some extra content on patreon i have visual episodes to all these podcasts and bloopers and behind the scenes so go check us out at wayward spirit on patreon for all that fun content and i would love to put some listener stories and responses on the episodes so if you want to tell me what you think about topaz or about that experiment if it was real or not or if you have a supernatural story of your own send me an audio file video file text file whatever you are comfortable with to waywardspiritpod at gmail.com and if you want even more Wayward Spirit Pod, check us out on Instagram, Reddit, and Tumblr at Wayward Spirit Pod, on Patreon at Wayward Spirit, and our YouTube channel, Wayward Spirit TV. <laughs> Stay spooky, and I will see all of you Wayward Spirits next week.